Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of Movement Radio. I am Chip Hazard. I'm Talon Williams. I'm Roger Sierra. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, um, in honor of Black History Month this month, we are going to be talking about the top 10 most powerful black characters in comics. Uh, now, with power levels off the charts, the black characters on these lists are some of the most powerful if not the most powerful beings in their respective universes. Uh, whether it takes a culmination of characters or an uncanny uh, McGriffin to beat, these, ult- these ultra-tier entities don't go down without a real close f- uh, call fight, if they uh, can go down at all. We're, we're not going to... Um, be quibble. I don't know why the, I've never seen that word before in my life. I'm sorry. Uh, quibble over Superman palleted swaps with Val Zod and President Superman. Um, also, we're disqualifying characters uh, like uh, Crispin Allen slash Spectre and uh, Tamara De- uh, Devereaux and Captain Universe. Duval. Duval. Thank you very much. Um, so yeah. So that being said, let's just. Let's just go straight into it. These are the top 10 uh, most powerful black characters in comics today. Which one do you guys want to kick it off tonight? Uh, I guess I can. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Uh, So number 10 on the list is Marvel Comics Sphinx, uh, also known as Anthana Mutt. Uh, First appearance was in Nova number six in 1977. Um, his, his powers are, uh, in possession of the cause stone. Anoth non possesses vast ergokinesis, uh, limited telepathy, flight, super strength, speed, durability, and stamina. And most importantly, he possesses immortality. Uh, so once the archmage of the court of Pharaoh Ramus, the second, Anoth Mut clashed and lost to the biblical Moses. Exiled for his failure, Anathna came into contact with the Ka Stone, which imbued him with his powers of immortality. Throughout his prolonged lifespan, which he's been alive for 5,000 plus years, he led a pretty much unintrusive existence in man's history until... He decided to turn to supervillainy one day and called himself Sphinx the Dreaded One. A foil of the Fantastic Four, Sphinx was originally defeated when Reed Richards, a.k.a. Mr. Fantastic, annulled his pact with the planet-eater Galactus for his help in taking him down. Sphinx was then trapped in a time loop, forced to relive his life. However, a loophole allowed him to return. Now, the Sphinx, being an ancient Egyptian, makes him an as old as Apocalypse. More on him later. Uh, however, it's never implied they know slash knew of each other, and while most of his powers are derived from a shiny, mysterious doodad, uh, he still retains a measure of control over them without it. Sphinx made sparse appearances since his debut with lackluster fanfare to really take advantage of his potential. He last appeared in 1996 when he went against the new warriors, though it is technically active. 
honestly, if Reed Richards, one of the smartest minds in the Marvel Universe, didn't vouch for him being a cosmic class threat, he would have easily been overlooked. Um, now, do either of you know or have heard of this character before? I've heard of him because I do dabble in uh, Fantastic Four comics, um, but not much about him because, uh, I mean, he seems kind of... I, I hate OP characters, uh, so I really don't pay attention to OP characters okay. in comics. Uh, for me, I haven't um, heard of this character before. Okay. Um, well, you know, like they said, uh, they don't break him out very often. He, he has very, uh, sparse appearances. Uh, but when they do, it's, you know, I mean, he's the big bad and it takes, you know, a, a, a massive amount to take him down. So, you know, right. kind of like, uh, I, um, I never heard. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I, I've never heard of um, Argo Kinesis before. And then I went and I looked it up. Uh, the description of it is, this is the ability to physically manipulate various forms of energy and injury. Re- I'm sorry, uh, forms of energy and energy related phenomena. So he could basically form like bolts and rays and wavelengths and things of that nature. Um which I've never heard it put that way. But I mean, I know people have like used like laser beams and like, you know, bolts coming out of their body and things of that nature. But I've never heard that term argokinesis before. I just thought it was interesting to bring up. So now you guys learned something here on Movement Radio. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that is word not really used in any kind of vernacular, really, besides superheroes. Right. It's like, what are your qualifications? Uh, see, I can, I can, I got speed and uh, argokinesis. Argo Kinesis. Is that what was it? Is that a Ben Affleck movie? No, I'm not. Okay, sorry. Yeah, okay. We'll move on. <laughs> so I do I do I do find it interesting the clash where it, where he says once the Archmange of the court of Pharaoh Ramsey the second and that he clashed and lost to the biblical Moses, like, you know, that's kind of intriguing because it's like, hmm, we're bringing in a biblical allegory into the story, you know, to kind of give him like a, like a rooted backstory in the sense, you know, like it, it's it, at that part to me was, I found the most interesting part of the story. Well, that's the thing with Marvel comics is they try to sort of dip in reality or I guess our reality more so with something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it is interesting. Uh, that being said, if, if we don't have anything else to speak about um, Sphinx, uh, Roger, you want to take the next one? I was going to let you take it. Okay, I'll take it. Uh, the next one on the list is Cloak, a.k.a. Tyrone Johnson, uh, from Marvel Comics, making his first appearance in Peter Parker, uh, The Spectacular Spider-Man, number 64 from 1982. His powers and abilities are vast umbriokinesis, I'm going to look that up in a second. Uh, Teleportation through (laughs) darkness uh, can absorb things into his pocket dimension self, uh, intangibility, empath, superhuman strength. 
half of the microchrome uh, crime fighting duos of Cloak and Dagger, the the Dower uh, Tyrone is the eerie darkness to Dagger slash Tandy uh, Bowden's brilliant light. Gaining their powers through force ex- force experimentation of an untested uh, narcotic, Tyrone became a, the living embodiment of darkness. The two stated out, started out and pretty much remained street-level uh, crime fighters who have tag-teamed with other Marvel vigilantes over the years. And they have managed to keep their heads out of more world-ending events and cosmic affairs. Nevertheless, Tyrone's underestimated power deserves mention as he's pretty much a conduit to an infinite void, which has come to be known as the ultra-dimensional dark force. Tyrone made more made a more prominent appearance outside comics in the short-lived Cloak and Dagger series from night from 2018 to 2019, a live-action series where he was played by Aubrey Joseph. Do you guys remember uh, Cloak? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I also watched the show. Did you enjoy the show? Yeah, it's actually good. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was where can good. if it where can we watch it at? Hulu. Yeah. Hulu? Cool. Yeah. Um it may be on they... Disney Plus now, but Yeah, I don't know if they've right. put it on Disney Plus yet, but uh yeah, yeah, but I know it's on Hulu for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it more of a darker series? Uh it's more it's more like a young adult. I mean it's yeah, it's probably the best way to see a young adult. It's not dark, but it is definitely not tonal for kids right okay i said i was gonna look this up and that's what i'm gonna do give me a second uh it says the ability to manipulate generate uh darkness to uh to basically suck light from anything that light is protruding okay all right so basically it it is you you manipulate darkness basically I do that yeah, every day. I just cut the lights that's off. What, that's what Umbra is. is pretty much dark power. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It's a darkness manipulation. Okay. Yeah. See, uh, I learn stuff every day too. <laughs> yeah. Cloak and Dagger is only available on um, Hulu right now. Hulu. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I knew They made it as a Hulu show, so I don't know if they had moved it over yet or not. Well, Disney owns a good portion of Hulu, so they may not. They own all of Hulu. And they own ESPN. That's why you get the bundle so cheap. Yeah. And they may be owning WWE soon. We will discuss that soon. We will discuss that soon. (laughs) Oh, Lord. But anyway. All right. That being said, though, unless anybody wants, uh, Chip, you said you said you've seen it as well. Um, how did yeah. you, how did you feel about? How, I thought it was pretty good. I thought I thought it was a pretty right. good show. Um, I, I really, I hate that they they have this vernacular to just kill off a show after one season when there's so much that could be done. Uh, I, I just feel like there there should have been more come out of that series but well for the for the season that it was out it was good right did you did they did they mention 
Spider-Man in the series as well because it is a uh, a Spider. I guess it's a byproduct of Spider-Man. So did they mention Spider-Man in the series at all? Was he did he make an appearance in there possibly? No, because no. I haven't watched the show, so I I can't really uh, say. So, but okay. That being said, let's move on to the next one on the list. Raj, it's you. Okay, so next up on the list is um probably one of my all-time favorites, and that's Cyborg, a.k.a. Victor Stone. Yep. Um, obviously a DC hero. Um, was uh, First appearance was DC Comics Present number 26 in 1980, um, and his power slash abilities are xeno-cybernetic enhancements and biomechanical augmentation. Um, great. Grant Vastillo, uh, technopathy and mechanical keys, uh, kinesis. That's a lot of fancy saying for that. He has a augmented body with alien technology to help him do stuff. Um, right. Adaptive metamorphosis, self-sustain, uh, sustainability, nigh invulnerability, vast uh, energy projection and absorption. Enhanced slash extrasensory impulse regeneration, teleportation via boom tube, super strength, speed, and endurance, jet propelled flight, genius level intelligence. What in genius level sort of already tell you that's his intelligence level? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so suffered a near fatal and tragic accident, Ath- uh, athlete and academic uh, prodigy, Victor Stone was saved by his estranged father who fused him with high tech. Uh, bleeding edge technology, creating the world's first cybernetic organism or cyborg. In the original continuity, Victor's cybernetic parts built from uh, Prometheum, uh, pretty much DC's animatium, uh, were the result of his father's scientific genius. In the new 52 reboot modern continuity, which is getting rebooted again, I think this month or next month, actually. I uh, yeah, I think March. so. Yeah, so next month. Um, no. Yeah, next month, sorry. Okay. Um, Cyborg's components are from New God Tech called a Mother Box or Father Box, depending on the medium. Um, also, how it is in Young Justice, the TV series, um, is a Mother Box. So this extra-dimensional Xeno device is a super, sem- uh, super computer that's also sentient. And if I remember the new Teen Titans, Cyborg has gradually become a DC mainstay since the acclaimed Teen Titans uh, run in 2003 to 2006. And he was uh, voiced by the talented Carrie Payton, who you actually got to see. Dude's amazing. Awesome. Um, and also the follow-up in Teen Titans Go, um, which I can't remember what years those ran. But more so, under the new 52 reboot continuity, he was a founding member of the Justice League, effectively replacing Martian Manhunter on the initial roster. Um, Cyborg has also appeared more recently in the Young Justice, oh, like I was saying, Young Justice series. Um, he's a key player in the Justice League 2017 film, uh, where he was betrayed by a Ray Fisher. He's also a main character on the current live-action TV series Doom Patrol, uh, where he is played by... Jovian Wade and Cyborg, who has headed three short lived self titled volumes, has quintessentially become the face of black superheroes for DC Comics alongside Jon Stewart and to an extent Black Lightning, who also has a TV show or had a TV show. I don't know if it's still running. Yeah, I don't um, think it is. Yeah, DC, CW DC shows don't last long unless it's a flash for some reason. 
Um, well, probably because it's also on the CW as well, and they don't really keep shows around longer than two, three seasons anyway, unless it's like fucking Gossip Girls or some bullshit. But anyway, I mean, Arrow's like eight seasons, and Flash is on the ninth season. Oh, okay. Yeah. Although Arrow was done a lot better, and Flash is pretty much a show for people who don't know who the Flash is. <laughs> well, they, you got a point. They ruined that thing so badly. Um, now while his powers on paper do not seem all that fantastical, that's such a weird word to put there. The four hour Snyder cut of justice league greatly exemplifies why he deserves to be on the list. Um, the internet is Victor's plaything. He can crash the economy or launch every nuke on earth with a thought. Uh, not that is unhackable for him and he is unhackable by mortal methods. He's a God of the cybernetic slash information realm that most take for granted. And as a, and as humanity becomes more integrated and dependent on technology, cyber becomes more omnipotent and how would he say that? Omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. Omniscient. Uh, while he can also tussle in the big leagues with his array of impressive physical prowess, he can also attack on a psychic level, techn- technologically speaking. And he has even been known to stave off an invasion from Apocalypse, uh, Darkseid's homeworld, not. Apocalypse, the mutant, um, with his control over boom tubes. Wanna, you know, we gotta we gotta separate it for people to understand. That, exactly. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah. A P O K O L I P S. Apocalypse. Yeah. Apocalypse, <laughs> which is the name of the planet where Dark Side resides, which is kind of weird that they called it Apocalypse. Yeah. Um, but it's a planet at war pretty much all the time because of Dark Side. Um but no, I mean, we all know Cyborg because we've all either watched shows with him in it or movies with him in it. Um, very prominent. Um, I have his figure here. They're actually releasing the new 52 version, I think, or the rebirth version um, sometime soon, I believe is what they said uh, for his figure. But I mean, I, I, I pretty much met Cyborg in the young uh, the Teen Titans and also from, in Young Justice. Um, I don't watch the... Snyderverse videos, uh, movie. So I didn't see him there. It was it was actually really good. Um, the I don't the, well, like Zack Snyder. So it, if you if you watched the Justice League, uh, Zack Snyder cut, like the four hour long version, um, it really dove deeper into like Cyborg and his powers. The original cut, which uh, wasn't Zack Snyder? It was Josh Whedon. Josh Whedon. Uh, yeah, they cut like you can obviously Everything. tell. <laughs> yeah, you you can tell where Zack Snyder was going. Uh, and and yeah, I understand you don't like him, but his version of that movie was far beyond what originally came out the original version is kind of trash <laughs> uh right so yeah i've you know like i think more so my son my son is a big fan of the teen titans um his favorite superhero as of now because he may have other superheroes later on down in his life but right but he said his favorite superhero was cyborg you know and that the fact that he got to meet Kari Payton and they actually talked for like 10, 15 minutes and they did a couple of the Teen Titan go, uh, Teen Titans go little, uh, little 
skits and shit like that. Like that, that warmed my heart to see that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you see him in young justice and you see him in teen Titans. Um, and as you was listing off all of his abilities and when you was reading that blurb, Roger, I sat there and I thought to myself, I was like, you know what? Thank God he's on the good side because imagine if he was on the villain side, like how unstoppable would he really be? You know what well, I mean? Well, that's with the with his rebirth, the new fifty two and rebirth stuff. Um, that's one of the concepts is that the mother box um, is able to sometimes overpower him and makes him a bad guy sometimes. Mm. So he has that internal struggle. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's that's interesting. That's interesting. Like you have this power, why don't you use it for your own, you know, selfishness? And it's like, you know, why, you know, like why do I want to? You know, because then if the, he does that, what what makes him any different than Doomsday, or what makes him any different than, you know, Apocalypse, or what makes him any different than Dark Side? You know, the people that he's actually fighting to protect the Earth that he's on. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean, probably. My only complaint about him being on this list is that he's so low on the list, in, in my opinion. What is, you know? um, gotta remember, this is superheroes and they all have broken, broken, broken powers. That's true. Yeah. That is true. Well, that being said, um, unless you guys have anything else you want to say about, uh, Cyborg before we move on. Uh, no. No, I don't think I right, do. Cool. All right, well, then let's move on to the very next one on the list. Chip, it's on you, Bubba. Go ahead. Yep, next up, we're going to talk about Harvey Dent, but it is not the Harvey Dent you think. This is not Two-Face from the Batman series. This is uh, Harvey Dent from Tangent slash DC Comics, whose first appearance was in Tangent Comics, The Superman, 1998. Now, his powers are vast psychic powers, which include telepathy, mind control, astral projection, psychokinesis, technopathy, post and precognition, psychic, psychometric, super genius level intel, intellect. There's that word again. Um, so as part of the tangent line of comics created by Dan Jurgen. From 1997 to 1998, the premise was to develop novel and divergent characters who only shared the names of famous DC characters. The line succeeded as any one of Tangent characters is a far cry, if not wholly unrecognizable from the mainstream namesake. To that end, we have Harvey Dent, the Superman. <clears throat> when a Claudestine organization called Nightwing was trying to create superhumans, it laced a populace with an experimental genetic accelerant. Harvey Dent's mind hyper-evolved, granting him vast intellect, telepathy, telekinesis, and technopathy powers. Seeking to solve the world's problems with his extraordinary gifts, Dent was hailed as the Superman. Of course, Dent was a bit overzealous, quickly sliding into becoming a self-righteous dictator with a messiah complex, complete with a shepherd motif. Basically, Harvey Dent is if Watchmen, uh, Osmodanus, 
had the vast psychic powers of Marvel's Professor Charles Xavier. Even with a, cab a cabal of superpowered opposers, Dent took over his Earth with ease. He eventually tried to conquer the entire DCU in the tangent Superman's reign in 2009 uh, before he and his forces were stopped and sent back to their Earth. He'd be higher on the list if his repertoire of powers included a bit more variety and scope. But as he stands, he's still not a pushover by any means. Of note, both Harvey Dent's origin and the title of Superman's reign were a nod to Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster's original prototype concept of Superman, where a maniacally bald madman gains incredible mental powers through a chemical formula and takes over the world. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, so have either of you ever heard of this version of Harvey Dent? Mm, I have not. I have not either. I, I did. I didn't read any of tangent comics. <clears throat> so I didn't, I didn't know about it until several years ago. I was at uh, McKay's, uh, and for those that aren't from the Chattanooga area, McKay's is our local used uh, bookstore. They have comic books, graphic novels, and everything. And I was just sifting through their comic slash graphic novel section, and I seen this, uh, and I picked it up and and flipped through it, and it looked interesting. So I grabbed it. It was only like a couple dollars. Uh, but it's it's a really interesting concept, um, and and I've I've actually dove into some of the other tangent comics, and and, and I like it. they're almost like an Elseworld, uh, where like the blurb said they take popular characters that we know like Harvey Dent, aka Two Face, and they twist them into this other character. Uh, so in a sense, like this is like they said, this <clears throat> would be like if um, the, the guy from Watchmen and professor X combined. So that's inter That's interesting. I mean, so and it's basically, they're just taken uh, just under the same name and they just made them, like, like I'm looking up a few of them. Like I put in uh tang tangent comics and then you put in joke. I see Joker. I'm like, Oh, I'll click on Joker. Turns out the Joker here looks like a combination of Joker and Harley Quinn mixed. If that makes sense. Yeah. Very, very, you know, so yeah, so I guess, yeah, that, so that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, from everything I'm looking at, it looks, you know, I mean, the Flash has got an interesting one. Uh, Superman looks completely different. Batman looks darker. If you can make, can you believe? If you can believe that one. Um, yeah, it looks. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll show you. I mean, Chip, I think you've seen it. Raj, I don't know if you've seen the picture. Now, here, let me copy, copy this picture and send it to you. This is the picture I found. And boom. Very much a mix of Harley Quinn. Looks like a roadie for the kid for a kiss or something, <laughs> right? 
right? But yeah, like I wish I could add more information, but I really don't know too much about um, Tangic. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look into it. I mean, obviously, I mean, if because you think of Harvey Dent from Batman, the one who ends up becoming Two Face, very intelligent, but also very manipulative, very you know, very spiteful, revengeful, but he's fair, you know. So, um, but yeah, I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to delve into this a little bit and look into it. But excuse me. That yeah, being said, I, though, I would let's uh, it. If you guys. Okay. That being said, let's move on to the very next one on the list. The next one on the list is Night Mask, aka Adam Blackville, uh, from Marvel Comics, who made his first appearance in Avengers number one in 2012. Uh, and then Avengers number three when he was fully formed. And then Avengers number six in 2013 when he appeared as Black, I'm sorry, uh, appeared as Night Mask. Almost said Black Mask, but that's a different character also. Um, his powers and abilities are uh, technopath- te- te- technopathy, um, energy halos, portal creations, energy blasts, matter manipulation, genius level intelligence, transdimensional travel, cosmic awareness, and immortality. That's the big one. Um, an artificial being created by X uh, Nahilo, uh, your typical superpowered ET with good intentions, quote unquote, as the perfect human. This biological autom- auto automaton, there you go, I said it correctly, known as Night Mask or Adam Blackville, depending on who you ask, was endowed with cosmic powers. He was recruited by the Avengers shortly after his creation and aided the heroes in subverting the White Event, a sort of Marvel multiverse crisis threatening Earth-616, which became a universe-hopping adventure for Earth's mightiest heroes. Although he died in the comic uh, book fashion, although he died in true comic book fashion, he he was resurrected when the universe restarted. Since his debut, however, Night Mask has since fallen into obscurity, uh, preferring to not get involved in the -the run-of-the-mill cosmic superheroes. With powers compatible to Starbrand, Night Mask may be on the same level as the Power Cosmic or Unipower which uh, imbues most, if not all, of more godlike cosmic beings in the Marvel Universe. The full extent of his potential feels still feels like it still needs to be explored a little bit more. Um, have you guys heard of Night Mask? I have. Uh... Um, yeah, I have. Okay. But I, I'm more into Marvel Comics, so I'll definitely know them more than I do DC. Right. So what is your take on him? He's pretty cool. Um, he is a more recent guy. Because um, they said his first appearance in 2012. Um, but he's only in a few comics. Um, I would like to see more stuff from him, to be honest. Because um, he is... He is a different kind of black character in the comics, as in he doesn't really like he has a bunch of energy projectiles and stuff like that. And he can also do trans 
dimensional travel and stuff like that, which I always like, and matter manipulation. Who doesn't? I mean that that right there alone is a OP power that can really be um, used in really weird ways with um, the fact that it's Marvel and they have just different kind of heroes and just different kind of dimensions to begin with. Like you can create stuff in different dimensions and just set it havoc everywhere or change people good or bad or just stuff like that. Just like clones pretty much. I'd like to see like more from him. Uh, yeah, I would, uh, he, he is used very sparingly throughout the comics. And like Roger said, he is a, a newer character. He's only been around for uh, 11 years, 10 or 11 years, something like that. Um, but I would, I would also like to see them do more with this character, maybe give him a, um, a full run, uh of comics devoted to just just him uh with maybe some of the other main characters uh put in you know here and there but not in every book per se um right because i do think there's a lot that can be done with this character uh, and in i hate when they they develop really cool characters like this, but then kind of put them on the, the back burner uh, for whatever reason, or only very sparingly use them in the, the universe. Yeah. Do you think maybe his, uh, his powers and things of that nature, that the, the type of powers that, that he has with the, with matter manipulation, immortality, cosmic awareness, transdimensional uh, travel and stuff. Do you think people look at a character like this and think maybe this character might translate better through the screen than through the comics? It depends. Mm, on... I don't think so. Go ahead. Chip, I, I, I was going to say it, it, it depends on who you have putting that character on the screen, because you got to remember it's, it, it's a person's vision. So we'll just say, we'll use Zack Snyder for instance. Um, you know, if Zack Snyder was to put this character on the screen, it would be completely different than if James Gunn put this character on the screen, you know, because each person has their own right. vision of what this character could slash should be. Um, so I think it would all depend right. upon, who who was to do it and what actor they had to portray him right raj anything else before we uh, move on no i'm I, like i said i'd like to see more from him i think he can be well used especially with um marvel's writers or anything like that um comic wise um i just think he's too overpowered to be included into um, a movie or a series? Because I mean, I to be honest, I think he'd be he's stronger than Black Widow, and they don't even know how to use her correctly in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right, exactly. That being said, though, yeah, let's move on to the very next one on the list. And Roger, I think it's you. Go ahead. Is it me? Yes, it is. Yep. Um, so next on the list. Um, oh well. Um, next on the list is Apocalypse or Insubner. Um, 
excuse me, who first appeared in Marvel's graphic novel number 17 in 1985, um, and then X-Factor number 5 in 1986. Um, in his first appearance, he wasn't named, and then 1986 is when they finally gave him a title, a name and title, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they've rewritten him a few times already, too, um, which in weird ways. But his powers and abilities, immortality, super strength, speed and durability, teleportation, size alterations, telekinesis, telepathy, uh, technopathy, adaptive metamorphosis, uh, yeah, metamorphosis, regeneration, power bestow, uh, celestial energy manipulation, uh, super genius level intellect, and self uh, sustainable. And born over 5,000 years ago in ancient Egypt, uh, Apocalypse was the first mutant raised by a desert moderator. And Apocalypse ended up being entombed alive. But for his mutant power of longevity and self-sustainability, uh, he did not die. It was eventually unleashed into the modern era. Um, the extensive slash exhaustive history of this character is too long even to summarize effectively. But to suffice to say, he is the number one mutant menace of the X-Men. He's pretty much the Ultron. He is pretty much the Ultron of the Avengers. That's a weird way they said that. Yeah, that um, is. Yeah, I should say he's pretty much equivalent. He's equivalent to well, Ultron is to the Avengers, but he's pretty much the Ultron. Uh, um, he's driven by philosophy of survival of the fittest, and Old Apocalypse tries to bring out the end of humanity, call the weak from the strong, man or mutant alike. The X Men often have to go all out to take down the baddie, and have often teamed up with other X villains to do so. Um, there was even an alternate timeline called Age of Apocalypse, released in 1995, dedicated to his reign over Earth. Um, he's often accompanied by a quartet of mutant, uh, mutated mutants, often coerced or brainwashed, based on the fourth horse, uh, horse more, four horsemen. Wow, I can't say that. In the biblical book of Revelation, although the actual horsemen changes with each new appearance slash resurgence apocalypse, um, not having touched on his alien armor being diverged from esoteric cosmic godlike beings called celestials. Um, this guy has been resurrected more than once. Um, he took down Dracula, single-handedly took on the entire roster of the X-Men several times, scared slash traumatized many of its founding members over the years, and then some. He's still a current player in the X-Books, so watch out. There is no stopping the Apocalypse. Um, Apocalypse was voiced by Lauren Kennedy in the original X-Men anime series back in the 90s. It was portrayed by Oscar Isaac in the uh, self-titled X-Men Apocalypse that came out in 2016. Um, Apocalypse has also been a prominent um, antagonist in numerous X-Men video games and out of all the characters on this list even though he isn't the most powerful Apocalypse certainly the most uh, Maleficent thing about Apocalypse though his philosophy they've one of the ways they've rewritten him one of the more ways they've rewritten him he gains his power from Celestials but his philosophy is survival to fittest yet he wasn't even the strong one until he gained his Celestial ability and then he mocks people for being non-mutated when he wasn't born a mutant himself. So he has sort of a god complex and uses the survival of the fittest as a blanket excuse for being a dick. Yeah, it's kind of like in a weird way, and I know it's two completely separate uh, subjects that we're talking about, but it's kind of the comparison. When uh, when Deacon Frost became a vampire, he decided he wanted to become Lamagra, the blood god from the uh, from the Blade comics in the movie, the first movie. Um, and he was basically like, you know, hey, I'm a vampire now, so 
I want to be the best vampire. I'm going to be everybody's God in a sense. And it's like, you weren't even born a vampire. Shut the fuck up. You know, maybe um, it might not be in that same realm, but that's the first thing I thought of when I said that. But yeah, I mean, apocalypse. Did y'all really, I noticed that in the last blurt, in the last paragraph, you skipped over where it says the ill received self-titled X-Men apocalypse. Did you guys, did you guys think that was a bad movie? X-Men apocalypse. I liked it. I liked it too. Um, I don't know why they thought the it was only, the only bad one is the Phoenix one. Dark Phoenix, yeah, yeah. We don't talk about that one. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about Dark Phoenix. <laughs> what What about New Mutants? That's better than uh, Dark Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, I like the direction they went with it. Yeah, exactly. Do what? <laughs> I like the direction they went with it without it being sort of a self sustained horror movie in the mutant realm. Yeah. I mean, I own all of the X-Men movies, uh, and, and I do go I'm back sorry. and watch them quite frequently. I did like the, the X-Men Apocalypse movie, um, so I don't know why this blurb said that it was ill-received. Maybe because it didn't, like, blow up at the it box office show. and get $300 million or whatnot, but I thought I think, it was good. I think it's more of... I think it was more of it didn't show enough of Apocalypse being what we got to see him to show, but people forget that the show was like a 10 arc episode or a 10 right. episode arc. Like he was yeah. there for a long time and like he was able to do stuff. It's hard to pack that into a 90 minute movie when you have to build who he is, then show our characters and everything like that. So, I mean, yeah, the final battle was only like 15, 20 minutes, but it did good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but if you really think about it, though, when you think of X Men, okay, like just ask the common fan, okay, I'm gonna give me a villain from X Men. What nine times out of ten, what are they gonna tell you? Magneto. Magneto. They're gonna tell you Magneto, right? Right. Uh, but when you say, well, what about Apocalypse? They're like, oh yeah. So was Apocalypse a better? Uh, was was Apocalypse more of a more of a threat to the X Men than Magneto was? Because I mean, Magneto was the one that was always around, you know. You know, I mean, he always had that beef with uh, with uh, Charles Xavier and all that. So, you know, which I think, judging from like from what I've read and from the TV show, obviously, I think Magneto was more about taking down the X Men, while Apocalypse was more concerned about destroying the world. You know, like there's where I think the the levels kind of go up a little bit for Apocalypse. Like he didn't give a fuck; he just wanted to take out everybody. You know. More, more is uh, Magneto was more of taking down humanity while Apocalypse was taking down everything and everyone, right? Um, but it was, but it was through the X Men, it, it pretty much with Magneto. I mean, the, I mean, the, he was he created the Brotherhood, which was hit their point was to stop humanity and kill, huma- kill humans, pretty much, right? Um. But Apocalypse is literally like, no, nah, I'm just going to kill everybody because I can. Yeah. I mean, you've seen that in, uh, in X-Men First Class, um, you know, mainly like their origin story and things of that nature. And really, you, I mean, you see it a little bit more in Days of Future's Past. Is, it Days of Fu- is that the next one afterwards? We just uh, had this discussion class, a couple months ago. Yeah, Days of uh, Future's Past. Yeah. And yeah, Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they do something different with the next one if they make another one. Oh, that's what the I hope that's what the Quantum Mania movie will be doing. Um, 
because it's because of being Kang, obviously has to do. They they have to do introduce the Fantastic Four because of Kang. There has to be something because it wouldn't be yeah, exactly. Kang without Fantastic Four being near the foil. But I think it also brings in the element of X Men being brought in. Yeah, well, yes, quote unquote mutants because of that. But they've already talked about mutants in fuck. What movie was it that they talked about? Um. I think it was maybe, might have been Infinity War. Uh, I got to go back, but they didn't mention. No, uh, they mentioned. And... Well, they, they were in the um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, because Professor X. Yeah, was but I think in they mentioned movie. it before that. They might yeah, I mean, have. I know that, but I feel like they mentioned mutants beforehand, and that's the thing. I'm trying to remember if they did or did it. Um, shoot. Yeah. I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, yeah, and then supposedly Gambit is supposed to be uh, coming out, uh, but it's not. It hasn't been even been produced yet. Um, they've been trying to make they, that game movie for forty five years. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, J- uh, Josh, uh, Josh, uh, Josh is a tumor. It's supposed to be. Uh, um, well, it's, it's the film has been written by Josh a tumor based on the story by the character uh, created by Chris Clayman. Uh, Channing Tatum is supposed to be set to play Gambit in the movie, but that was all. But they said that shit back in 2015 at San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, they said it back after uh, the great Wolverine, uh, X Men Origin Wolverine, in that great Deadpool they had. Yeah. Well, well, they were supposed to. Don't don't get me started on that Deadpool. That was. (laughs) Don't get me started on that that bullshit. That ain't my Deadpool. That is not my Deadpool. That is not my Deadpool. Don't turn us around on me, motherfucker. That ain't mine. All right. Shit. Oh, Wade Wilson. Oh, the, Wade Wilson. The Merc yes. with the mouth without the mouth, right? Right. <laughs> How the fuck are you going to talk shit without no mouth? <laughs> Speaking of Deadpool, um, <laughs> in in the, the the upcoming Deadpool 3, you know, we, we, we know Hugh Jackman is going to reprise his role as um, Wolverine. Wolverine. But, yeah. yeah um, but I just read an article yesterday that uh famke jansen is going to reprise her role as um phoenix gray uh jean gray yeah please do uh, more i see her the better in life i don't care what it is yeah. <laughs> she could just be on the screen i don't even yeah. care yeah. at this point yeah. you should make that your yeah yeah you, you should make that your your computer background just her nah i Nah, that'd be too much. Uh, the computer won't work after a while. <laughs> it's like the screen's frozen. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. It's right where it needs to be. Exactly. <laughs> the, the keys on this keyboard ain't working no more. Don't worry about it. Nah, they stuck a little bit. They stuck. Why is it sticky? Why is it sticky? Use the second keyboard. There's a reason why there's two now. <laughs> yeah. When we get the studio, I'm just going to have a big old plat, oh, a big old picture of uh, Fonka Jensen right next to the Sammy Sosa picture. Just so you could just have all of it at the same time Man, in the studio. Go. I'm going to that studio room. All I'm saying, <laughs> if the doors locked, door's locked, don't worry about it. No, if the doors locked, don't worry about it. Where the fuck is Roger? He's in his room playing with the fucking Fonka Jensen picture. We can't get him out. We got to record, Roger. Come on, give me 15 more minutes. Nah, ain't gonna be no 15. You gonna give me about 45 more hours. <laughs> With that being said, let's move on to, <laughs> to the next one. 
Uh, this, this is whole thing f- went completely in a different direction. And we went off the rails. It's okay. <laughs> and we were talking about mutants. It, it all that, coincided. Go. Yeah, yeah, it she does. Has power, she has the power to change me. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> Uh, so, so number four on the list is DC Comics Black Racer, aka Willy Walker. First appearance was in New Gods number three in 1971. Uh, his powers are New God uh, physiology grants incredible physical prowess and immortality, transluminous speeds with cosmic skis, which double as a pair of sights, self self sustainability teleportation death touch and possession um <clears throat> yeah so uh this he was created by jack kirby and in kirby's fourth world is a higher plane of existence known as the sphere of gods that lies just outside the realm of physical of the physical multiverse it is accompanied by a fractured race of warring new age personifications of immutable and immortal gods in the DC hierarchy. New gods are the most powerful and technologically advanced beings in the physical universe. They are only surpassed by the monitor slash anti-monitor more on them later. And the source DC's above all. Or DC's one above all. Of course, death has always been an implacable inevitability that even eternal gods must bow to. Enter the Black Racer, a.k.a. Death on Skis. He represents the foreboding finality of all things. As such, the Black Racer is a neutral entity. The Black Racer was reincarnated into the body of a paralyzed Vietnam veteran named William Walker, who transformed into the harbinger of death whenever he was summoned by the fate of the source. This leaves the Black Racer with virtually no agency, which is a being even DC's biggest bad, Darkseid, gives pause to. Since he can kill essentially anything, even his nigh unkillable brethren with a touch and can keep up with the likes of the flash who can run faster than light. The black racer is in a league, all his own, even among his kin. If you're confused about the cosmic skis, Jack Kirby is the same guy who came up with the silver surfer and his shiny cosmic surfboard. Uh, now had I was wondering, gonna- I was going to, well, I was going to ask, is there a comparison? Because I knew Jack Kirby did Silver Surfer. I was just wondering if there was a comparison until you read that last pair, until you read that last sentence. Yeah. Uh, now, have have either of you uh, heard of or know anything about Black Racer? Black Racer, yeah. I've heard of Black Racer. I've never delved deep into any of his stories or anything, but I have heard of him. I mean, he's not really used in much at all, which is a shitty thing. Yeah, and I think it's because of him being so OP, uh, you know, with the ability to just touch somebody and they die. Well, then was also it was also created by Jack Kirby, who you know obviously went to, him and Marvel also worked together. Right. Yeah. Well, Stan Lee also worked with Marvel and DC, and a lot of his characters are still prominent in the DC. 
uh, universe. Which so, ones? Oh, shit. You would have to ask, and my computer's <laughs> messing up, so I can't look anything up. There you go. Oh, yeah. See? You're to Normally, it's my guy. computer that's messing up. It's chips this time. Uh, so Stanley uh, worked on uh, some of the Batman comics, some of the Justice League or Justice League of America comics. So uh, but he is primarily known as the uh, co-creator of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, so he didn't create any solo characters? I don't... Uh, don't talk about Stanley. Think I don't think he. I think he just worked on a bunch of stuff. Now he did do uh, a, a comic book line called Just Imagine, uh, where he mm-hmm. reimagined DC superheroes, including. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Green Lantern, and The Flash. I think most of his stuff was um, Elseworld stuff, and that's where we get the the different versions of certain characters. Did he create like Red Sun uh, Superman? Hmm. No, what him? Okay. Stand no. So, so Stan Lee created the Wayne Williams version of Batman uh, instead of the Bruce Bruce Wayne version. So, unlike okay. Bruce Wayne, Wayne Williams is an African American. Uh, he has, or he's an excellent physical condition and has a vast personal fortune, allowing him to access custom equipment. Uh, Wayne Williams' father was a policeman instead of a. Uh, political figure um you know stuff like that okay yeah uh his version of wonder woman was uh his as uh, a hispanic activist named maria mendoza superman's real name was saul den in his his version, so these he he created Elseworld versions. You know the 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 versions that we know are from Earth fifty two, and there are you know multiple, almost like the Marvel's multiverse. DC has different uh, universes as well. So, right, yeah. Well, that's interesting. All right, uh, moving on. Unless we got anything else we want to talk about, Black Racer. No. All right, let's move Other on. Other than this they should use him more. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's move on to the next one. This is whew, Spawn. 
aka Al Simmons. Uh, published by uh, Image Comics, first appearance being in Spawn number one back in 1992, created by Todd McFarlane. His powers are regeneration, reality manipulation, uh, proficiency with weapons, superhuman physical prowess, uh, flight, uh, a prehensile, I, I hope I'm saying that word correctly, uh, cape and chains, uh, an eldritch energy blast and magic resurrection slash immortality, exceptional martial arts skills, technician and strategist, teleportation, and shape-shifting. Excuse me. Single-handedly, ush, single-handedly ushering in a gritty, uber-violent, anti-hero craze of the early 90s, Todd McFarlane's Spawn was the multi ju- multimedia juggernaut on the level of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. From the mature comics, R-rated animated series voiced by Keith David, amazing actor, um, lackluster live-action movie, where he was played and portrayed by actor Michael Jai White. I thought the movie was good, sorry. Uh, Numerous video games and a plethora of action figures. No superhero in the modern age has been so monumental or influential as Spawn, outside of maybe Invincible. Spawn is arguably the most famous non-DC slash Marvel superhero. As the story goes, Al Simmons was a top-tier uh, a moral mercenary undone by his employers and sent to hell. There, he was reincarnated as a demonic cannon fodder, an infernal genetic footprint. So, uh, I'm sorry, an internal genetic foot soldier known as a hell spawn or just spawn, whose handler was the sadistic fiend Violator. Al became the puppet of various higher order forces in war between heaven and hell for many years, sometimes without Al's knowledge until it was too late. Tired of being a pawn in someone else's game, Spawn took matters into his own hands and killed his creator, effectively becoming the king of hell. To top it off, Spawn even clashed with God and Satan, and that's in the Armageddon story arc, effectively trapping them in their own universe while Spawn created a new universe, and started anew. Spawn's extensive 30-year resume of opponents, powers, and accomplishments solidifies him as one of the most powerful black characters in comics. The only reason he is not higher on this list is the fact that his godhood, like his stint as Omega Spawn, often fluctuates and is depowered frequently for story reasons, or as the plot needs. Spawn has also historically been known to not have an inexhaustible power supply. Lately, Spawn is a playable Spawn is a playable has a playable cameo character in the highly successful Mortal Kombat X from tw- from 2015 video game by NetherRealm Studios where Keith David once again reprised his role as the voice of Spawn. Currently, a revamped live action movie is in the works having escape development hell. Well, Maybe. That being said, how did you how do you guys feel about Spawn? Go ahead, um, Raj. I think he's he's pretty cool. He's a pretty cool character. Um, um I mean I thought the movie was good. And I do like that he's a guest character in a lot of games. I mean he was in the first 
guest character game I can remember him being in his, uh, Soul Calibur 2. He may have been something before that, but I remember him Soul Calibur 2 as yep. the Xbox exclusive. Um, obviously, the Mortal Kombat lineage, um, he's been predominantly used, I think, in 10 and 11. Um, well, I think he's just, a da- yeah, he's downloadable content in all those games, I think. Yeah, I think he's in 10 and 11. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he's he is a good character. It, I agree with them being where they nerf him a lot. And like they take his abilities away here and there, and I think that's kind of downplays him. Um, but I still think it's kind of weird that he's this high comparable to someone like Apocalypse. Yeah, exactly. What do you think, Chip? Uh, yeah, I I, I love the Spawn character, uh, and I agree that he is probably the most well known non Marvel or DC uh, character out there. Um. I, him and and probably Ninja Turtles are are two of the most well known non Marvel DC comic book characters that are out there. Um, <clears throat> I I thought the movie was was pretty good, not great. Uh, there's more that could have been done with it. I just watched it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I was just flipping through uh, one of my streaming services and seen it, and was like, oh, hadn't seen that in years. Let's watch that. Uh, so, you know, I just recently watched it again. Um, Spawn, the, the comic series is one of, if not the longest running comic series to not be rebooted. Um, not even Batman, Superman, anything like that can, can say that. And then they've been out a lot longer. Uh, so the, the Spawn comics have been running continuously since 1992 and they're in issue number 336 right now uh and although i know yeah. roger doesn't really care yeah, for it's, them it's series. <laughs> yeah i was gonna say and even though i know roger doesn't care for them uh there have been some spin-offs there's um the the omega spawn uh they just released uh, the King Spawn yep. series. Uh, they just released the Gunslinger Spawn series. Uh, and if if you take the time to read those, those are, are really good. The story that that Todd McFarlane has put into those is is really good as well. Uh, I think. Um, I think Todd McFarlane. Are you sure he's the longest running? Because the original Spider Man run was like thirty years. To not be rebooted. Yeah, the original Spider-Man series. Spider-Man has been rebooted, though. Spawn has never been rebooted. But That's what I'm saying. As of yet, that we know of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you guys know, and I'm sure you guys may have known, but did you know that there was a Japanese manga of spawn called shadows of spawn and it was licensed to uh uh published by media works i didn't know that yeah i, I, I just found out this myself i did i haven't read any of it but um the the artwork looks really really cool yeah i was gonna say like if 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 Spawn was an anime, that's what it would look like. Which the the actual, if you see the pictures of the of the anime of the of the, of the manga, it does look pretty pretty close to it. Looks really awesome too. Um, but yeah, but I've always been a fan. Like I remember watching Spawn when I was younger, 
Um, and John Leguizamo playing Violator was just, <laughs> he brought that character to life in its truest form. Um, he's like, at a point, because this is where Spawn, you know, he just was brought out of hell. Uh, and he was like, you need to get me to the hospital. And he was like, hospital? <laughs> you don't need to go to the hospital. I'm going to tell you what they're going to tell you. You're dead. D-E-A-D, dead. Like, it made it very, very comical and stuff like that from that standpoint. But he, they did it more in a sinister way, not a dumb comedy thing. Or hey, let's make everybody laugh. Comedy is more of like a, a dark, like a dark comedy kind of thing, um, which violators that way in the comics too. So, so they did it. In my opinion, I think they did a really good job transferring that character to screen. You know, and even Michael J. White's portrayal of Spawn was really good because I mean. He, I mean, and not only that, like, because it also says that Spawn is, uh, an ex- ex- exceptional, an, an exceptional martial artist. Michael, they got a good character in Michael J. White playing because Marshall because uh, uh, Michael J. White is a legit martial artist as well. You know, so they they pretty much picked the perfect person to cast for that role. I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought the movie. I don't know why people didn't like it, but whatever. I thought it was good. Yeah, I, I don't know. Bad lag. Hey, pause real quick. Yeah, they're about to give a super bad lag. But that being said, let's move on to the very next one on the list. Roger, that is you, buddy. Go ahead. So next on the list is Divinity, um, also Abram Adams. Am I on the right one? Yeah, I'm on the right one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the right one. I don't know. I felt like I skipped one. Um, but obviously, uh, Divinity first appearance was in Divinity number one, which released in 2015. Um, powers and ability is virtually omnipotent. It has omnipresence and chronokinesis, uh, reality warping, ergokinesis. There you go again. Uh, mm-hmm. Matter manipulation, immortal, and self sustainability. Um. At the height of the Cold War, the USSR attempted to win the space race by secretly sending a lone cosmonaut farther into the unknown than anyone had gone before. That unlucky or lucky guinea pig, depending on how you see it, was Abram Adams. Uh, coming into contact with an enigmatic sorry, planet at the end of the journey, um, exposure to the bizarre atmosphere granted Adams godlike powers. Uh, decades later, he returned to Earth as divinity and tries to use his power for the good of mankind. Unlike other persons, I hate when you use other person when they use persons. Other people who may find themselves in such a serendipitous uh, predicament, um, Adams remains a genuine person with his humanity intact, and has a balanced sense of responsibility and consequences. Um, essentially, Adams is the Black Doctor Manhattan. His powers are so vast that the character is rendered unable to participate or influence events, such as his non-involvement during the subsequent Harbinger War 2, which released in 2018, uh, with a miniseries event. Uh, Nevertheless, we cannot deny that this guy is incomprehensibly powerful, only outdone by the number one on the list, uh, which we'll get to in a second. But um, the publisher for this was uh, Valiant Entertainment. I forgot to mention that. But do you guys know about Mr. Divinity? 
I have never heard of him, and I've also never heard of uh, chronogenesis. So once again, I had to look up, look it up. And what it is, it is the manipulation of the flow of time. So it's basically time manipulation is what that kinesis is. So, yeah. But other than that, you, you should know, know that because of Mortal Kombat, Kronos. Yeah, Kronos. Yeah, yeah. Well, the newest one. Yeah, the newest one. Yeah, uh, Kronos, Kronos yeah. means time. Yeah, Chrono means As time. Chrono yeah. Trigger and Chrono, Chrono Cross and Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what about you, Chip? Uh, so I, I have heard of divinity, uh, but I have not actually, this is one of the, the comics I have not actually read. Um, but it, it does seem very interesting and I may take a a dive into it, uh, just to see if, if it's really good. Well, Valiant Entertainment's been around since uh, 1989. Uh, it was by former Marvel comic chief editor um, Jim Shooter. Um, 1994, the company was sold to Acclaim Entertainment. The company was restarted. <clears throat> excuse me. The company was restarted as a part of Valiant Entertainment by entrepreneur Danish uh, Shasandia and Jason Carortha in 20. 20- in, I'm sorry, in 2005, after a claim declared bankruptcy in 2004. So it says that they have had, uh, in 2015, they partnered with Sony Pictures to produce five films based on the Bloodshot and Harbinger uh, comic series. The rights to Harbinger would later be acquired by Paramount in 2019. So, so yeah, so it's been around for a little while. Yeah, but it also means it's never going to come out. Because it's owned by Paramount. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I guess, uh, unless you guys have a chance to stay, um, on to the top man on the list, or woman. I can't I mean, like, man, I think. <laughs> uh, I so, so number one on the list is Marnovu. AKA the Monitor or Nix Utopian, AKA Super Judge. Now, this is from DC Comics. First appearance was Teen Tit- New Teen Titans, number 21 in 1982 uh, for Marnovu, AKA the Monitor, and Countdown to Final Crisis, number 21 from. 2007 for Nick's Uatin slash Super Judge. Um, So the powers and abilities are virtually omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent on a multiversal level. Vast ergokinesis, transdimensional teleportation, immortal, and self-sustaining. So, the guardian of the infinite multiverse during the industry-defining Crisis on Infinite Earths, 1985 to 1986 event, the Monitor, later named Marnovu, rallied superheroes and villains from multiple Earths to aid him against his evil brother, the antithesis Anti-Monitor, later named Mobius. 
as immortal beings that existed before the creation of the DC universe, both the Monitor and Anti-Monitor, and later their third sibling, Alpheus, represent the Hindu Trimurti uh, of creation, uh, Brahma equals Alpheus, the world foregoer. Cultivation is Vishnu, uh, which is Marnova, the overthink, overmonitor. And death slash destruction, a.k.a. Shiva, in the DC Universe, that's Mobius, the anti-monitor. As such, Marnovu and his siblings supersede everything and every being in the DC Omniverse. They are only overshadowed in hierarchy by the hand slash the source. Essentially, in a meta-contextual sense, the creative minds, writers, artists, executives, etc. at DC Comics. And the immutable family known as the Endless. Marnovu made his biggest non-comic slash live-action appearance in... the Arrowverse crossover itself, a direct homage to Crisis on Infinite Earths, portrayed by La Monica Garrett. Now, Nick's Utopian was part of the Monitor race that came into fruition post Infinite Crisis, and that's 2005 to 2006, who monitored the severely limited new multiverse, which was trimmed down to just 52 Earths. Hence why the reboot was um, the new 52. <clears throat> At the mm-hmm. end of Final Crisis 2008 to 2009, just one year after his b- debut, Nick Uatin became the last of his kind, taking up the monumental role of his predecessors as the super judge. It is fair to say that Nyx was slash is on the same level as Marnovu, but he hasn't made an appearance since the OG Monitor made a comeback in The Batman Who Laughs number one from 2018. Needless to say, if a Monitor is involved, then all of existence is in for an uh, irrevocably or an irrevocable universe ending shakeup and reboot. So have you guys ever heard of, or know anything of, uh, Marno Vu, AKA the monitor or Nick's Uatin, AKA the super judge. I mean, I've heard of the monitor, you know, he was pretty much like, and then um, he was pre- pretty much essentially there. It was like, a, it was, it, he was, he was like their version of in a weird roundabout way. It's going to sound weird the way I'm fixing to say it, but in a weird tw- twisted way, you have uh, Alpheus, uh, you have uh, Marnovu, and then you have uh, Morbius kind of almost in a weird way because we you, you, you had talked about how the monitor the anti-monitor and it was all based around uh the hindu um pretty much the hindu trinity if you will pretty much um like one balances life like one's creation one's cultivation and one's death you know so it, with that kind of similar way but 
I've heard of it. Like I've never done again. I've never, haven't done a deep dive into it. Um, although it does make sense, you know, when you talked about the new Fifty Two and things of that nature, and how it, you know, how they talk about it in in that story, um, you know, from everything I've heard and stuff. Um, yeah, Roger. What about you? How would you? Uh, have, did uh, you hear? I have heard of him. Um, I've not read about him. Uh, which is weird that he's in Teen Titans and I haven't read him. Um, but, I mean, he just sounds like, I don't know, it, it's the fact that he's part of a trifecta of pretty much world enders, a.k.a. rebooters. Um, I don't know, it sounds kind of broken. Like, you, when he shows up, it's pretty much the end of everything. Time to reset it all again because we just ourselves into a hole or whatever yeah that's pretty much how these characters are used it's like they're only there if like it calls for them to be there and most of the time you kind of forget that they're there until there's a story arc that puts them in there and even then you're wondering okay why are you here you know what i'm saying pretty much Yeah. But so but. um I was going to say uh, of of all the the characters that we talked about tonight which ones that you didn't know of uh are you most likely to take a dive into and learn more about? Um, that I didn't know about. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm gonna, can, I, can I throw mine out first? If it's okay, yeah. uh, I'm gonna go with cloak. Uh, I uh, I didn't know anything about the cloak and dagger series, um, and uh, I'm gonna have to check that out. Um, see where that story goes from there. That that that, that that's interesting to me. Um, Night mask is interesting too, but I kind of want to see where they take him. You know what I mean? Like that's that's interesting to me as well. What about I mean, you, Raj? He, I was like, he's got a lineup already. Yeah, but I, that's um, what I'm saying. I need to I need a deep dive into it. Um, I don't know. I think the divinity would uh, divinity would probably be the one, um, or the monitor, maybe. But yeah. I, I don't know. The monitor is just a reboot guy, so I mean, divinity sounds like a little bit more. What I'd be prone to, um. Pretty much essentially being a Dr. Manhattan that doesn't go supernova and kill everything or ends everything. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah hopefully. What about you, Chip? Uh, so so the number one on my list is Divinity. Uh, like I said, I, I had heard of him, but I've never read any of the comics. Um, so I definitely want to read more about him um and then um there was one other not that i hadn't heard of but that just i hadn't deep dove into uh and that was uh sphinx like i i read one or two uh 
things that had him in it, but I, I need to read more of, of Sphinx. Okay. Yeah, I think all of them are interesting in their own right, especially because I mean, obviously we know about we know of Cyborg, we know of Spawn, which I think those are the probably the two. Well, obviously Apocalypse as well. We know about Apocalypse, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I I think all of them on here are you know very interesting for anybody. And for anybody listening, if there's one out there that you, if there's one um, black character from comic books that you guys think is really powerful that we didn't discuss tonight, let us know in the comments. Send us a message. Let us know what you guys think about this particular list. If you enjoyed the list. Um, Again, thank you guys for listening. Um, you know, we really do uh, think this was a good list uh, for tonight's episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. That being said, well, I mean, we'll have, my, my fucking leg is itching. I'm sorry. Um, that being said, um, anything you guys want to say before we bounce out here this evening? As always, check out movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things movement radio. What about you, Raj? Anything? As always, go to the YouTube, like Chip says, subscribe. Thank you guys for everything. Um, especially like this this month alone, we've gotten a lot of traction. Yes. Or January, I mean, because um, it's the start of February. But no, uh, got all the traction going there. And hopefully this month brings even more traction. But thank you guys, as always, for the support. Absolutely. Want to give a big shout out to all of our sponsors for the show. Shout out to the OGGearAnime.com, Audible, Zoo Lily, Canva, uh, Entertainment Earth, Just Cash Clothing, Elementor, Get Response, uh, and uh, W.GG. Thank all of our friends that's been down with us since day one. You know who you are. The list is getting too long. Um, and also check out Streamlabs.com forward slash movement forward slash merch. We got a lot of cool merch. Uh, we got more merch coming, but we we, we have some uh, pretty cool. We got My Hero Academia inspired merch, Dragon Ball Z inspired merch. We got the logos. Anything you guys, we got t-shirts, we got hoodies, we got stickers, we got patches, we got cups, coffee mugs, however you got, you know, whatever you guys, however you guys want to show your support for the, for Movement Radio. Oh, excuse me. Whatever you guys want to show support Movement Radio. We thank you guys so much for all the love and support you guys have been giving us. Uh, yeah, we're looking forward to, you know, a great year here in 2023 uh and uh really excited about the uh, the prospects really excited about all the upcoming events that we got coming up uh soon and we thank you guys so much we love you guys we appreciate you guys we'll catch you guys next time let's hit them with the outro please do not leave without leaving a like comment share and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform Make sure you follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe. Click that bell to get notified of our latest videos. Streamlabs.com forward slash movement forward slash merch for to get your merch. And once again, check out movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. And I'm Roger Sierra. And this is Movement Radio. God's plan. <laughs>